podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, my name's James and welcome to another episode of the Oz F1 Show. In this episode, we're reviewing the Baku Grand Prix. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours. They're a little happier than yesterday. It's two Thomases, Tommy T, Thomas J. Camp. Lads, what a bloody race. About well, time. Well done, Baku. Got to say, bloody it. time that was. That's the reason we watch the sport, really. To all those Baku haters, can you shut up now? We've never not had a good race at Baku, by the way. If you look back, they're all good. So I don't know where this has come from, but ripper race. Yes, yeah, cracking, so, cracking so, race. <laughs> all I heard on my end there was Campy say crack twice. <laughs> Standard. Uh, that sets a tone quite nicely, doesn't it, for this? Uh, but boys. Tell you what, uh, worth a red flag and worth 15 minutes of waiting unnecessarily because allegedly that's a rule, even though that's a dumb rule. Add it to the list of Michael Massey things that I don't like. Uh, to have Lewis <laughs> Hamilton sail through the first corner after accidentally <sighs> knocking his magic brake lever. Uh, we'll talk, I'm sure, a little bit more about that a little bit later. But uh, let's start, boys, by saying if you haven't listened to our pre-drinks podcast, Please go and do that now. Uh, it's not video. It's only audio. Um, you can point up or down. It doesn't matter because I still oh. we don't have enough people on YouTube to have clinks, li- links like this that go external. Um, oh. So there you go. It's, uh, that means subscribe, hey? Nothing. But anyway, um, YouTube's in the go back bin. and listen to that. Excellent bloody predictions by these guys. Uh, of course, Max didn't make it through, but Perez was... Uh, was mega this this race, and he deserves a win. Let's be honest. Uh, it was nice to see him there. It was bloody fantastic to be Sebastian Vettel on the podium and uh, Alpha Tauri as well with Pierre Gasly. Um, I just my random stat is that Seb has driven for all three of those teams that were on the podium. So uh, <laughs> so good, good for yeah. him. They're all ex Red Bull drivers too, <laughs> for the and a future ex Red Bull driver. Because this will mean nothing when it comes down to the hammer. <laughs> All right, lads, let's go to the back of the grid and work our way to the front. Um, and I'm going to start at Williams and not Haas this time, which is genuinely a big surprise. But the reason for that is because Nick Latifi was told by his race engineer under oh, the red flag to what? stay out. And then in the same sentence said, yes, don't. So you're coming through the pit lane, but don't pit by which time Latifi had gone past the pit entry. Tommy T, that's a bloody rookie error, isn't it? Mate, I think he just thought he was saying something else. He's like, stay out, stay out, stay out. And then he missed the pit and he's like, you said stay out, that means don't come in the pits. What what the engineer meant to say was come through the pit lane for the red flag safety car, et cetera, but don't pit. Oh, mate. Poor guy. Nothing nothing he could have done. He literally followed the instructions. The instructions were just wrong. Yeah, Surely you follow everyone else that's gone through the pits in front of you. No one did. He was at the pit entrance. He was the first one to come to the pit entrance. Oh, was he? That was his issue. He was like right. in that limbo area of like needed to kind of like Lando was in um, his situation. Right at that point of like, do I, do I not, do I not? And then the information he was given was wrong. So that's why he ended up doing a whole nother lap, which just stung. But poor guy. Well, I need a new race engineer, clearly. Yeah. God doesn't know that's what he means. Big, that's a big stuff up. Because he was in what, 13th or 14th when that red flag was come, like, coming out. If he didn't go to the back of the grid, he had a chance to get a good start and yep. possibly make up two or three positions. RE Fernando Alonso coming from nowhere. Mega. Uh, putting it in six just because of the, re, like, the restart. So, yeah, he'd be shattered that he missed out on some points and he yeah. could possibly have been the first Williams driver to get points. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping. Which I'm would suit hoping. us. Would suit us down oh, to the team with the one show. But speaking about Georgie Boy, uh, I actually don't know what happened to his car, but he didn't make the restart. He uh, was trundling down the pit lane very slowly and then entering. Surely an issue with the power unit, Campy. Do you know any more? Uh, no, I don't. I haven't looked. I uh, There wasn't much about it online either. So, um, which I wouldn't know because I didn't look. That doesn't make any sense, Campy. Um, no, I didn't look, so <laughs> I'm talking out my ass and just pulled myself up on it. Yeah, but you said you couldn't sleep last night. Why weren't you researching uh, all night? Well, How dare you? Yeah, I was trying to sleep. This <laughs> bloody boat in the backyard with its mast in the air, all that he was whistling. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. Not so that I'm, if you're Camby's neighbour, can you please put your mast down like Camby's a, neighbor. a normal neighbour? Be better. 
Who'd buy a sailboat anyway? Anyway, um, <laughs> we're, we're staying positive. Bloody good race. Oh, Are we cracking. attacking people based on their boating preferences now as well as How their day. car preferences? Are you uh, making generalisations about boat owners? Yes. <laughs> and, and before you guys give me shit about that, I'm pretty sure Top Gear made billions of dollars about, you know, by making stereotypes out of people and the cars they drive. And obviously on OzF1, the boats that they buy as well. So, yeah. anyway, geez, where were we? Where were we? No, I just think the car was probably overheated, lost some uh, pressure somewhere. And when they started it back up after the 20-minute delay to clean up the uh, the front straight, I think uh, something, there just would have been a gremlin in the car. I mean, they're pretty highly churned engines and cars at the best of times. So when you stop and start them pretty constantly, it's not really a good thing. So I think I think there would have just been a gremlin in there somewhere. It wouldn't have been overly serious power unit related. They won't have to replace anything. I think they took a new engine this weekend they anyway. Did. So. Yeah. And they had had some gremlins in the past. It was as well, probably so. consolidate your losses and go. You know what? We're not in the points anyway. Let's not ruin an engine for the sake of finishing in eighteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, retire. I mean, the oh, fact actually, is, oh. they they finished behind Haas lads. Schumacher in thirteenth and Mazepin in fourteenth, uh, which is just pure luck yet again. Um, but the significant thing to note here is that they both finished ahead of Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's kind of justice because of poor Sch- Schumacher, and we're going to get to Haas now, is how they didn't get that front left attached and he had to wheel it back. Yep. Credit to them for picking it up so quick at least so they could fix it because we've seen Haas do that in the past at Melbourne multiple times Ooh. where about corner two and then the wheel just sails off in front of them. So at least they caught it quickly and he could get back. But they ended up with 13th and 14th, which, I mean, a lot of retirements and chaos happened, but that's probably one of their better finishes for the year. Yeah, good on them. Good on them. They just make mistakes constantly. Yeah. That's my biggest gripe with them. I mean, I know they're learning and they're young drivers, but they're professional F1 drivers. Yeah. They should have half a clue. Um, not so much Mick, more Mazis, Mazepin. He just every, <laughs> You nearly said it. Almost did it. Every session. Dude, oh. He's so far behind the pace, isn't he? Yeah. Every no, his pace is all right compared to Mick at times, but it's just you don't. I don't think he's had a clean session all year. There, no. there were sections though where I think it was a couple of laps after the first kind of uh, safety car restart, and he was all of a sudden like a minute behind again. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a lot of bunch up, and then a lot of kind of go again. But to be nearly a minute off the pace after like a handful of laps is crazy, crazy off the pace. Yeah. He's a dud. Put him in the bin. He's not coming out. <laughs> yeah. He's got to have deep pockets to stay in F1, to be oh, honest, because he's not performing at all. Large Stroll was the same when he came into the sport. Mind you, he got a podium, like, in his first year, didn't he? Uh, yeah, at yes. Barstool, actually. At pretty quick. Third. Yeah, pretty quick. VB so got he, him at the line for second. He had something, at least. So you go, oh, there's a flash. We haven't seen anything from Mazepin to show that there's actually something good since he's come into F1. No, you you're totally There's right literally there. nothing to say, oh, give him time. Whereas Mick, you see glimmers and you see, okay, obviously that's a piece of dog crap car, but you see nothing out of Mazepin for potential. It's just chaos behind the wheel. Yeah, doesn't help that he looks like something out of the Adams family either. So <laughs> let's Mate, move on, Jim. I'm sick of talking about the Let's talk about the growing. Lads, because Bottas <laughs> finished in 12th and had a horrible weekend and Hamilton finished in 15th. And there, oh, there were a couple yeah. of I'm talking about Williams, Haas, Mercedes, next is Alfa Romeo. How the hell are they back in this position? Bit of poetic justice right there, wasn't it? I, um, I messaged to the Discord. I was like, it kind of feels like justice for Max. Like, oh, Not yeah. that we want someone to be screwed over, but Max was screwed over. So it just felt like for the championship battle, at least it was like, phew, at least it hasn't just thrown that out of whack. It's just nil all basically yeah, for it this is race for those two guys. It was just a week off from the championship battle. And that's kind of, at least we didn't get something that just screwed that up. Well, I thought Lewis Hamilton, I thought he had it off the line. Yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, how does this continually happen for him? The Good fairy luck. tale. But he binned it. It sounds like they put some magic, uh, magic dust on the brakes. Which, Magic uh, ha- dust on the brakes. No, on the brakes, which helps it heat up in yeah, no. like really short term. And uh, what's funny about that? Oh, it's just the way that you said it. Just when they put some magic dust on the brakes, I could just see Bono in my mind skipping out to the grid and just doing like the salt bay I thing it, of magic dust. I thought it was more of a button that he had stuck on. 
So there's a ma- there's a magic brake button which is like a warm up and it it funnels more energy into the brakes to heat them up on an outlap or on a. Oh, you're probably right. I thought it was well. Magic this is this is when Ant Davison was, you know, who is who knows this procedure of this car very very well. And Crofty was trying to get out of him, wouldn't yeah. say anything. Then Ted comes on and goes, "Well, I know Ant can't say anything. So what it is is this: it's a brake lever <laughs> that you pull through this that warms up the brakes and puts extra yep. temperature into it whilst you want to qualify. Or sorry, whilst you want a warm up lap. And Ant's like, "Yeah, very good, Ted." <laughs> He just kind of had to admit defeat. He's like, yeah, kind of right. So basically it just funnels some more energy into it, heats them up faster than normal to get them a temp, but it was stuck on. So that's why we saw smoking on the line. Oh, yeah, right. he was sitting in his in his yep. pit box. So he was, you could see it. You're like, ah, those brakes are on fire, Yeah, mate. on fire. Uh, you yeah. need to get going. And obviously those two front people are there at the grid way longer waiting. So it was just exacerbating the problem. So, but then he's cooked it because he got a good start. So he was carrying more Great speed start. than anyone. Oh, you cooked it. It was good so to watch. He was carrying more speed, therefore the brakes worked even less. It was great to watch. Yeah. Oh man. Perez would have just been like, I cannot believe my luck. As he turned in and just saw Hamilton just keep going, would have been yeah. good for him. I don't know how he didn't torpedo someone as well, going just straight on. I thought someone would going around the outside, but luckily he had enough speed to get out of the way. Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about VB? Because oh, this is mate. starting to depress me slightly, Campy, that it seems like Mercedes are just happy to start making comments in public now and leaving him down the grid and not really caring about him as much. Is this just a perception thing or we genuinely think now that this is it for him? Uh, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Um, You're probably right, but in my heart, I want him to stay next year because I just think he's good. Um, And the bad luck he's had. I mean, this weekend, Mercedes were clearly on the back foot all weekend. It wasn't until their last run in um, practice three that they finally figured out a setup. Now, Hamilton figured out the setup, so he got the preferable wing, which I don't like. And Valtteri stayed with the old big wing, which he couldn't do anything with. I mean, he was drawing close to Lando, but he just couldn't pass because he had so much downforce yeah. bolted onto that car. He's quick through the middle section. Um, and I know I spoke yesterday about if his lap time didn't get deleted he probably would have got pole. That was a bit like we are only looking at the middle sector times where he is really quick. He would have lost heaps of time in that last sector. But in saying that, like, I, it's just unlucky for the dude again, right? I think it's just After last him. week and this week, I mean, he, it's not through any fault of his own. It's not that he's driving terribly. It's just that the car, the setup that he's going into the race with, and he's limited by the changes he can make from qualifying to the race. Without taking, I mean, in hindsight, he probably should have taken some penalties and he would have got some good points. But, yeah, real shame for him. I, I hate to see it because yeah. these are the weekends. These are the weekends when things happen to Lewis Hamilton that he should be making up points. Last week he would have made up points by getting a second and he would have, you know, but mechanical damage. This week Lewis crashes out and he's going for the win. And he would have made big points if he had been everywhere else. He would have been in that second and third mm. position. He would have been um, everywhere else in the last in the in the first five races where he hasn't had incidents. Yeah. And this is why he won't win a world championship this year. And this is why I think people are saying put someone else in the car because it's just not going right for him at all. We- I still hope he comes out and wins ten races this year. <laughs> he, no, if we have another ten races. He's that calibre yeah. of driver that he could pull it out and do it. He just needs to put it together. Now, yeah. Lewis is obviously in a funk at the moment. He's not driving as well as he has been. And he never really does drive well around Monaco. He doesn't like that track. And he always comes out of it a bit underprepared. And you could see this weekend he was the same. And, mm. But unfortunately for Valtteri, these are the weekends where he's got to make up the, uh, the difference to his teammate. And both times he's been mechanically let down by the team. Whether it's no, whether it's his fault or not, he's he's not going to be in a prime position for that seat. I think he's on the out, and I think someone else is prime and more likely to get that seat next year because because of the situation and the performance. Like you said, if it's just bad luck, it's not his fault. But they're not going to put him forward into the new regs the way this season's going for him, just because he's not capitalizing. He couldn't overtake anyone, and I get what you're saying. Like he had way more downforce, but we were seeing like Kimi Raikkonen give him the business in a much slower car. That power unit was brand new. We saw it was working well for Max. So at least he, we knew he had power in sections, but 
Yeah. But what we know, got to get something done. But what we know of eight years of this power unit, the power units are pretty comparable. If if you know, you've got three parts of a car. You got the chassis, you got the engine, you got the driver. The most even part across all these cars is the power unit in their outputs. I mean, there is differences. There's better ones and there's worse ones, but they're the closest comparable of those three metrics that we're judging them on by. So if you've got a rear wing that is based on a really low downforce track, like a high downforce track like Monaco, on a street circuit like this on this straight, you're just going to get eaten up. Doesn't matter who you're compared to because no one else has got the downforce on. So. I'm frustrated for him, but unfortunately, it's just just reality at the moment. We're going to have to put up with it. He's going to have to put up with it. It'll be shitty. But he's still got, what, 16 races to go out there and prove himself, and if you win eight of the 16, he'll get a job next year. If we have 16, I'll say, hey, mate. Yeah, but I think you're right, Campy. Like, this is is it for him. He needs to capitalise on Lewis not being in the best headspace he's been in for a long time. Um, But what I have sort of this vibe of – Vettel in Ferrari last year in the similar situation for Valtteri this year, just like a little couple of things. And we knew obviously that Seb was leaving before we even started the season last year, but there's just little things that started to creep in that people were going, oh, I don't really like that. And that's what's happening with Mercedes. And we know as well that George Russell has said that he wants to sign his new contract with the team uh, by the summer break this year. So June, July this year, which is now. Um, so but that's just, could that's potentially just tie in. That's just George Russell playing politics in the yeah. paddock and putting well, pressure, so putting pressure on through the media. And we know that Sky Sport and the feed that we get does a lot of these British drivers bidding throughout the media and the way they manipulate and get the public opinion on their side. So I they're not about neutral. That. What do you mean? Well, <laughs> I mean, Russell, Russell, the kid can draw, but like he's a squid. You don't really want him going to Mercedes. They have an agenda. I'm shocked. Genuinely. Get- we should get Malcolm Turnbull in to uh, try and stop that agenda from happening. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about Alfa Romeo because you mentioned Kimi Raikkonen on Bottas. Look, I think, Campy, as you said yesterday, Kimi is definitely not at his peak anymore. Still an amazing driver. And moves like that is just like, yes, please, Kimi Raikkonen, may I have some more. Um, I'm happy f- for him to drive for the next 10 years, to be honest. Let's just send yep. him through to his 50s and just see how he does because – he just is no nonsense. He's about it. He knows what to do, where to put the car, and also is a gentleman at the same time, like knows where to leave the space, knows not how to push people out of the way. But I think a lot of these drivers who come up against Kimmy, they know if if Kimmy's putting it in that spot to go around the corner, we'll just let him have that because he's he's deserved it to get to that point and he's not going to try and crash me out to get there. Yeah, but that's been the wrap on him since he's gone back to Alfa Romeo. When he's had chances on track to race genuinely, all the racing is wheel to wheel, millimetre perfect. Yep. Uh, respect for the other drivers, and I, he's, he's still got it. Like he's not, he's not any worse than he was at Ferrari three years ago. No, the guy is so consistent. Yeah, the guy. He's unbelievable. He's good for one of those kind of amazing passes a race. So keep him around till he's fifty for that reason alone. We get one good highlight a race from Kimmy. Tick. I don't know why we didn't suggest putting him in the Red Bull second seat last year. (laughs) Could you imagine that? That would have been mega. It'd be interesting, that's for sure. Nah, Red Bull wouldn't take him. No, I know, but we were throwing everyone and their dog at at that seat, apart from Jacko mid-year last year. Yep, yep. Kimmy's probably like, I don't like Red Bull, I like beer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Giovinazzi also did well, and also Raikkonen in 10th, so a championship point for Alfa Romeo. They've been very happy about that, and Giovinazzi in in 11th. This is where they need to make up these gains to get these points, Alfa Romeo, where teams towards the front lose cars or whatever else, as you said, if Kimmy can get some racing done, then Mm -hmm. he's able to get those positions. So uh, I'm sure Frederick was very happy with that weekend result, uh, as he should be, because that was really good to watch. Uh, okay, let's talk about Alpine, because Ocon finished very, very early. Not really sure what happened there, but who I want to talk about, Fernando Alonso Campi, over to you. Yeah, he looked good on track. I mean, the pace in that Alpine really wasn't there. He is just that guy that you give him an opportunity more than once, and he takes it 99% of the time. Uh, in this race, you know, he had multiple chances with the safety car. He he pitted, and then you look at the moves that he made to get back uh, behind Daniel Ricciardo in, like, the first three corners yeah. with those new tyres was awesome. Now, he couldn't pass Danny Rick with new tyres on, and Danny Rick had the old uh, hards on. But, again, you give him another opportunity off the restart, he made up three places. Yeah. Um, 
I watched the replay. I mean, it's not like the people in front of him had a bad start. He went inside and everyone else funneled to the outside to get the better exit. And he went inside, went really deep and managed to get uh, managed to hold on for into turn two and it made up uh, three spots, ended up in six, I believe. Yeah. So, oh, mate. Um, and that's what that's what Fernando that's what we know about him. He's he's a star, and if you give him these opportunities, he's going to take them every time. So um, I'm a bit worried for the Alpine, though. That car's very off the pace, race pace wise. Uh, it's a real shame, actually, uh, yep. considering where it was last year. Mm, yeah, um, they don't have the same caliber of drivers. They've got one of them, I think, who's pretty good, but yep. he's still learning the car and still getting out of. It. He's been really public about it, but. Mm. You know, this guy's 40 years old. He's been in the sport a long time. He knows how to play the game and he's still got the skills to perform at a high level. Uh, he's hanging out for next year, really. Yeah. So this year's just a learning curve to get him back in the car, back in the team environment, um, build up that air, you know, build up the garage around him, pick and choose who he wants, get rid of the duds who's in his corner this year, send them over to Ocon if he's there next year and then give it a real hot, red hot crack next year. That's what he's really looking forward to. But it's good to see him get some results this year. Yeah. I think the veterans like him just do so well on street circuits because they're not perfectly maintained with the perfect amount of curb and everything. It's just, it's very rough and ready and these guys just know how to deal with changing conditions really well. And he was just – Opportunistic. He took every opportunity he had, perfect tyre strategy at the right time, just really good like team race for them other than Ocon, which it seems like they had an issue and they were worried about further damaging that new power unit, so they just called it. It wasn't worth the risk. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that car's performing as well as it did last year. Yeah, Whether that's them just getting a head start on next year now or we don't know. I think that we're going to start to see that coming into the summer break is a lot of teams just go, that's enough development. The, it, the car is what it is. Just do minimal kind of aero changes and stuff. No more kind of big package changes. Well, I think we said that at the start of the year. Where, where Renault made up a lot of its ground last year was in the rear downforce. Mm. Now, with those triangles that are cut out on the uh, on the floor, on the rear wheels, um, that's where Renault made all their gains last year. So we weren't we weren't going to be surprised this year that they dropped a lot of pace and the car probably didn't handle as well as it did last year. So anyway. Yeah. it. Uh, I mean, good then really for Daniel that he managed to get out of that space. But as you said, might not be necessarily just drivers um, being the, the impact there. That down, rear downforce, you know, is a huge deal yeah. for them. Let's talk about Daniel and McLaren because McLaren did not look anywhere near as good as we thought they were going to. Uh, they are falling quite far uh, from their third position uh, as we sort of thought it would be for this year for them overall. Uh, he finished in ninth and Lando finished in fifth. He just couldn't get it done. Didn't seem like he was very confident in the pace of the car and even to try and get past Valtteri, he was stuck behind him for a very long time. Tommy, your thoughts? Why the heck would you start on softs? I don't get it. You get tyre choice. <laughs> Just anything else, just for the sake of being different and just throwing some something in the works. I think starting on softs like everyone in front of you made zero sense to me as a strategy. Yep. We saw Stroll go so long to get up to fourth. Unfortunately, he had a puncher. We're still yet to know what the cause of that was. But when all of those kind of restarts happened, all those – I mean, obviously that was Stroll, but you just need an opportunity to do more there. You can extend. We saw that he was good on the hards when he finally got them as well. So it just didn't make any sense. No. I think if you can make sure you get a good start, which we know that that's sometimes something that Danny's not as strong at, but if you can get a good start in 13th on hards, you're just in such a better position to make decisions further down because you don't have to pit at lap 12. Yeah, just I, I totally, weird. totally agree with you. We said it yesterday, stay out, stay out, stay out. Go long, stay out as long as possible yeah. can. And you look at where Stroll and Vettel did. I mean, Stroll was Stroll got hit one of the, by the um Stroll, sorry Stroll hit one of the horses on lap one, and for that guy to run on a hard and run so far up the pack on good pace as well mm-hmm. shows you that everyone that started on the soft outside of the top ten was a stupid That's decision. Stupid. Mm. Um, but for Danny, I just thought he was thought he was in no man's land all weekend. I mean, mm. he got past Lando on lap one. Um, which I was, we were stoked about. The chat went nuts. We're going, come on, come on. I'd, we didn't see Lando get back past, but I presume 
the problem that Danny Rick's been having is getting the power down on exits out of corners. Mm. Um, and I presume Lando, that's when he passed him out of uh, out of two on to, into three on that big straight there. So that's a shame. But it just seemed like he lost about six seconds to him after the first pit stop. And then he hovered around that seven to eight seconds to Bottas. Mm. Um Unfortunately for him, on the restarts, you know, after the yellow, he made up positions, but then he lost a position at the same time. On the set, on the race restart, you know, he should have gone. He had the chance to go up the inside um, in front of Alonso, which ultimately would have been the right move, but he yep. funneled to the outside as well. So, and he passed the car on that restart, but he lost a place to signs as well. So, mm. it's just a frustrating. I just felt like he never. He, Yes, his pace is better and he's performing race pace-wise on par with Lando, but it just doesn't feel like when he needs to push and give it that one-two punch, he just doesn't have enough knowledge in the car in order to extract some more time out, which is uh, it's look, it's not the Danny Rick we know and that we've seen no. for the last 10 years. So Yeah. I, th- I think that straight killed them as well for McLaren. They, they were just losing so much time and they were yeah. just sitting ducks on that massive straight. They were quick through that middle section, which short wheelbase cars like the Red Bull were dominating, which you saw Perez was elite at that section and was able to get away from Hamilton in those sections enough so that he couldn't reel him in on the straights. And that just wasn't what was happening with Ricardo. He wasn't able to gain anything. So it was just he'd catch up a little bit and then he'd just lose it again on the straights because someone would have a DRS on him and just goes, just straight past. And the same with Lando. That was the same situation that we just didn't have – any ability to him to be able to get past or do anything really at all. So not a wonderful weekend for McLaren. A good haul of points, kind of, I guess, but not as good as Ferrari. We'll get back to our chat about Baku in just a moment. But I want to tell you about a special deal that Tommy T and I would like to offer you at Drops of Juniper. Yes, we're involved in a gin company as well. And at the moment, we've got a pre-sale for our third batch of gin and our first batch of Australian Navy Strength Gin. You can get 15% off of these gins using the code OZF1 at checkout. That's 15% off of these wonderful gins using the code OZF1 at checkout. So if you live in Australia and you want some delicious gin shipped directly to your door, hop on to dropsofjuniper.com.au, use the code OZF1 at checkout to get 15% off. Now let's get back to Campy's Ridiculousness. Well, let's talk about Ferrari, lads. Uh, Carlos Sainz finishing in eighth and Charles Leclerc finishing in fourth. I think we said this yesterday that it was likely that he would be sealated uh, really on lap one and two, and he was. He put up a good fight, though, it has to be said. Uh, and even coming into the last lap, um, Pierre Gasly and him having a bit of a scrap, but inevitably finishing fourth. Again, a good, as I said, it's a, not as good uh, points all for McLaren this weekend as it is for Ferrari. And these are the races where... Uh, positions up further towards the front are, are important. And uh, Ferrari looking stronger and stronger. And they are definitely, in my mind now, the third best grid on the car on the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never letting that go. Well, I didn't even pick it up. But every, thank you to the Discord oh, no, and I'm to just... the F1 fantasy team names for picking that up for me. Thank you. I'm just, I'm just going to be like the rest of our generation get offended really easily. <laughs> Bloody snowflakes. Oh, Carlos signs Campy because he had a he had a pretty good race up until the point where he didn't have a good race and he went straight yeah, on. Yeah, well, it, at, uh, well he went straight on. He went straight on and went into a uh, one of the slip roads and it really ruined his race. He otherwise he would have been right up there with his teammate. They would have been gunning for a you know fourth and fifth finish respectively. Uh, he lost a fair bit of time. It was a bit of a shame again. Uh, I think before the incidents, he was about 10 seconds behind Daniel Ricciardo on track, so he wasn't going to get points uh, realistically. But, you know, again, he, he he made the most of the opportunities given to him from the safety car. I think he made passes off both restarts. Uh, and what did he finish? Seventh in the end? Or Eighth. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, good on him. I mean, good recovery drive. It's not what he wanted, though. Yeah. Um, you could hear on the radio, and he's just like, ah. Sorry, to be honest, though, because it was coming into the castle section, wasn't it? 
if if he had have committed and crashed out, that's way worse. So I think he did ultimately make the correct decision to pull oh, the pin and go the exit totally, road. Totally. Threw it in reverse, got out really quick. Like obviously you're frustrated, but to be honest, I think he made the right decision going into that corner instead of binning it. Like yeah, because like, he came back with points. Like that's ripping effort, and the team will see that too. They'll be like, you know what? You've actually preserved the car. You've done the right thing. You, you, you've done exactly what we want. We don't want you binning cars and having no points. Like the younger drivers would have tried to drive through that corner and yep. put it in the wall and safety car race over. So. He just knew the limits. I think that's like a really yeah. mature decision there. Yeah. Yeah. Leclerc was excellent. Um, yeah. I mean, pole, I don't think the pole was deserved. But anyway, um, yeah, they just they, they don't have the pace to run with the Mercedes and the Red Bull up front, which is a shame for them. But, yes, as I said, they're the third best grid on the car. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, That's awesome. Well, look, let's a, talk about the other sport. Italian team that finished uh, net ahead of them, Alpha Tauri, Gasly finishing in third, which was mega, and Sonoda complaining his way to the seventh position. <laughs> I don't know if you heard Team Radio afterwards, but everyone else was like, yes, thank you, guys. Yeah, awesome, good race, whatever, long race. He's just like, I don't know what to – I don't know. Oh, what's going on? I can't do the thing. His, his volume is ridiculous. He goes so loud. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. race engineer's like, yeah, okay. Stop yelling at me. We could talk about <laughs> it in like five minutes. Just settle the hell down. And can we not on the radio that everyone gets to listen to? Oh, no, you still want to do it. All right, let's go. Sure. <laughs> oh, I think we call him Sushi. That can be a cool nickname for Yuki moving on. So, oh, yeah, that's so not, sushi, not bad at all. Except for the fact we can tie it into the fact that he loves about Formula One uh, and that's the catering. Not the speed, not the car, nothing else. Right. It's the hospitality unit catering apparently <laughs> makes food. an amazing food. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Sushi. Yeah, so, there, there you go. go. Oh, he, uh, he had a good race this weekend. Uh, proved some critics wrong. He had to pull something out of his backside because other than Bahrain, the last the other four races have been uh, pretty bad. So two from six, pretty good. If he can get some uh, results like that, good on him. But Gasly, geez, Tommy, he was uh, – Your boy. <laughs> he is your boy now. He's not my boy. He is your boy. I'm sure you – Yeah. Now, we heard yesterday you apologised, you made amends. Yes. I did. You've bought lots of stock in AlphaTauri. No, I have not. You're on board. Yeah. I'm not a trench coat. Not. Yeah. Oh, look, I still think he's in the bin. Right. <laughs> he just <laughs> got a podium. Possibly. And he's in the no, bin. The guy is driving excellently, but for me, he's in the bin. <laughs> I don't like him. The F1 he bin is too out. full. Can you take him out? <laughs> We've got no more room in the bin. <laughs> Mate. He's performing excellently. He's outperforming that car. Do I want to see him in F1 for the next 10 years? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't like him. It's so aggressive. Go no to reason. Formula E or something. <laughs> <laughs> but he's driving excellently. He's driving really well. This doesn't what? make any sense at all. Yeah. I love right. it though. I'm here for Camby's just lunacy. <laughs> what Isn't are you talking about? You, I'll tell you what, you two Muppets will end up in my bin soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I'm not already there, to be honest. It's well, there's good company in that bin because you keep putting everyone who's good in there. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's <laughs> driving. He's he's driving. Look good on him. He's extracting pace out of that car, which that car's gonna car's gonna rival McLaren by the end of the year. And if Yuki can pick up his act and get some points for the team. Yeah. They could genuinely be fourth in the constructors and get some big money, and then they are the sister team yes. to Red Bull. Really, yep. they're not a junior team yep. anymore. And uh, there was genuinely a world where Gasly could have put it on pole too as well. He was really good in qualifying. Obviously, we don't know because we didn't get to finish Q three, but there's every chance he would have been in there with a, a really good lap if he got a toe because he had a ripping lap without a toe. So just imagine, and I th- he, yeah. and he was saying in his lap breakdown with Ant. He's like, it could be seven-tenths that high if you get the perfect toe. It could be that much, which is huge. Yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Tosh should have just got on the line and said, Yuki, just bend your lap. Just give <laughs> just give, uh, give, Gasly a toe down the straight. Because what so. they were saying is you don't want someone who's also on a fast lap. You want someone who's starting their fast, oh, their flying lap. So you haven't had to follow them the whole way through the track. You wanted them just like hanging out until turn 15 and then booting it. So you can just grab them on the straight. And that's what the pulse it is. Usually we're going to have there, but yeah, mate, ripping race from him. And yep. his defending at the end was awesome. Yes. He, yep. he nailed it. Like it was a really tough restart because obviously he, 
those those top three had everything to lose and we saw Hamilton did. So full credit, he finished it really oh, well. So the question is, does he get a shot at another top team somewhere else? I don't or know if does he go back to Red Bull? I think this is his job lot and I, I'm, I think he's hoping that that team progresses to a higher level. Well, that ain't going to happen because there's no way AlphaTauri is going to beat Red Bull on track consistently over a year. It's not, but it might rival the others. You'd hope that it's like Red Bull 1, AlphaTauri 2 is like their dream scenario, obviously. It's just not going to happen. But um, that's my issue for Gasly moving forward in his future. He shit the bed so bad in the top team. Like, so bad that, like, that leaves a stain in everyone. Look at Checo. He took seven or eight years to... Shooting the bed usually does let us know, <laughs> just FYI. I've actually got a good story about that. <laughs> of course you do. Should I tell it? Just off topic. <laughs> I, went, I went camping and I, my nephew was away with me uh, about six weeks ago and he asked me... He's at that stage where he's asking dumb questions. So I've said, when you ask dumb questions, you get dumb responses. And anyway, he asked me this dumb question. I said, yo, well, when I shit the bed logs, I'll just take the sheets off and turn the mattress upside down. (laughs) (laughs) So next thing I know, he's gone to school and told his teacher that his uncle pooed the bed and turned the mattress upside down (laughs) instead of cleaning it up. Can't be shaping the young minds. That's what we want. Oh, Oh, that was an unnecessary tangent, but I'm glad we went down it. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's talk about someone. This I'll try and turn this into a segue. Let's talk about someone who didn't do that to a bed. Sebastian Vettel is back, baby. Second Jeez, place. Mate. It's good to see. Oh, our Discord was just lighting up with, come on, Seb. We all want it to happen because it was looking like he was due for a fourth at that point until we had yep. kind of Max's tire go and then he just he – just, Threw it together. Oh, regardless of what happened, he had a stellar race. Yeah. And, and, and to see him on the podium, uh, just, yeah, it was good. It'll instill some confidence. He's, he's definitely out of the bin and back out into reality. Sure, there's some space in the bin again. <laughs> um, no, it was good to see because we were worried about him at the start of the year because he had some terrible performances in the uh, in the first three or four outings. But last two weeks, last week in Monaco, great drive. Uh, while the old fox still got it. He's not spinning like he was in the Ferrari in the last few years, which is good. But for him to get a result, that'd be great for the team, great for confidence moving on. Um, and they'll be they'll be looking at fourth place and they'll be saying, oh, now we've put our hand up. We put our hand up. We've got a result now. We can, uh, we can, we can go for that fourth place on track. So um, anyway. Yeah, big time. He, um, was that? <laughs> someone's just broken into the factory. <laughs> Um, no, nah. and I think what he's doing now is cementing that he is the A driver of that team. Oh, totally. He's got some points hauls now. He's sitting very comfortably. And, I mean, this wasn't Stroll's fault, this race, mm. but he's now establishing himself as like, you know what, I don't make stupid mistakes. I'm Sebastian Vettel, yeah. four-time world champ. I'm making good decisions. Finally got a team behind me and a car behind me to do good things. So yeah. it's really good to see. Yeah. And just him on track making passes and yeah. that's what we want. It's a Sebastian of old. Yes. We haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And might I add, did we everyone see Lawrence Stroll in the, uh, the Aston Martin green pants? <laughs> oh, terrible look, son. <laughs> You want some fashion advice? Get some new pants. Fashion advice of, <laughs> of the guy who Terry. hasn't taken that beanie off his head for four years. That's yeah. all. Like, you know. Don't want to know. Don't want to know. Yes, like. no. But oh, the that bro. Aston Martin team are clearly making some kind of progress after they decided suing the FIA wasn't the way to try and get back the performance. As I said a couple of weeks oh. ago, I think they'll sue Pirelli after this race. Oh, mate, they won't be alone. Uh, should we, look, should I we think talk about? Really, Seb is in a really good place the next year now. We wanted him to come back. He's come back. Yeah. He's found his little comfort zone. He's genuinely involved with this team, right? He said it yeah. on the, his uh, after the the race on the radio. Said all you know, big hugs to the guys back at Silverstone because it's a big part of why he's making progression. And of course, we said even for Daniel that we were going to give him five races 
And after the five races, if he wasn't performing, that's the benchmark that we're going to hold. And Seb came mm-hmm. out, performed really well at Monaco and performed even better again here. Now, that's not saying that he's always going to get second place, but he managed to hold off so many cars that yep. genuinely are, or generally, I should say, faster than him. So it's just a good experience uh, for him and for the car. Good power unit in the back. It made sense, but really happy for him. Um, in terms of suing Pirelli, though, let's talk about these two drivers in the same time, Max Verstappen and... Oof. Lance Stroll, both experiencing tyre failures. Um, as one of the pers- the guys said in the Discord, uh, Max kicking his tyre or it should be everyone's wallpaper for this week? Uh, Max loves to kick anything that wrongs him, like barriers, people, yes. tyres. <laughs> it's his go-to. Esteban <laughs> <laughs> oh, But such high-speed crashes, I think there's got to be something done. They're going to have to talk to Pirelli and it's going to be pretty serious because – for a title let go at such high speeds, when they're still in the operating window, there's no signs of degre- degradation, which was the point the teams were making. Like, we've got no metric to show that this could have happened. It's literally out of nowhere that something's gone wrong. So we still don't know if it was some kind of debris, but it didn't look like it from what we could see because they, it had just been swept up from the previous incident. So they're going to have to have some answers. Well, um, I've got two things to say about that. Okay. I wish I could go to my tyre manufacturer and go, you promised me this and it didn't happen. Did not expect you to cape up for Pirelli. Yeah, here, here we go. go. No, Happy well, if you look, we've seen the AWS uh, insights on the screen for- Which are full of crap. For the two cars behind and there was, uh, at the time, I believe it was Perez and it was Hamilton. And both sets of rear wheels were in the red and at 10% performance or under. When it gets to that point, there is no, there is no. I can go this far. It can go to that. If you've got the information to say you're getting ten percent out of the maximum performance and you're in the red at any stage, those tires can go, and that's what we saw. Now the other thing is, Red Bull have got flexi wings that everyone's been trying to complain about, and those flexi wings are probably putting more pressure on Verstappen's rear tires than anyone else in the race because of how much downforce and how much flex is on the wing it puts more pressure on it, and it affects the tires more. So. I mean, for these teams to come out and criticise Pirelli, say, oh, we had no data, don't run the tyres that bloody long. Well, go back a sec. They increased the pressure by one PSI a day before, two days before, whatever it was. They made a late change to the tyre pressure. Also, they get to choose the tyre allocation and they went to the softest. They should have gone the middle grade and then this wouldn't have happened. I like tyres failing like that. Tyres shouldn't fail. And explode. That's not right. Tires shouldn't fail and explode. But if you're willing to run your tires that long into a race and that down to what you know on the line, you should run the um, risk of doing so. Like anything under 20%, it's your own fault. I do agree in some ways, but it can't be that dangerous, I think is the point. Yeah. There yeah. needs well, to be some I, kind of safer puncture the, than just a full explosion yeah, blow the up. Structural, the with fact no that these tyres were designed this year to be more well, safer, I should say, com- because of Silverstone last year and the failures we saw with Hamilton, to this to happen twice in the same race, look, and maybe debris played something to it. Maybe it's the track. Maybe it's a certain curb or anything, but I mean, different corners of cars and different tires maybe it's flexi wing who knows but that shouldn't happen and i mean it's terrifying to watch they both kept their cool very i mean lance the fact he spun around into a barrier and then was still on the steering wheel to get the car to stay towards the left hand side of the track rather than entering into the middle Uh, i think after a massive crash like that just shows how switched on these guys are like they're that sort of fighter pilot mentality of just being able to cope with anything and everything and then having a deep breath out and going, man, what was that? Because he didn't get out of the car very quickly, Lance, compared to Max. Max was out to kick the car as soon as he possibly could. Um, <laughs> but Lance stayed I'll, in there for a bit. I'll give you that. I mean, it, there is a safety issue that we need to address in there. And no one wants to see cars coming off at 200 miles per hour. Yep. In saying that, Pirelli can make educated guesses on solid data. But I just don't think that data is solid enough over the Grand Prix distance, you know, Across all the cars. We're getting into the minute details and right on the edge of what's possible for these tyres. And most of the cars on the grid didn't have the issue. I mean, two of them did. So, yeah. yeah. I think I think we should look at performance drop-off, not explosion of yes. tyres, kind of what we're getting to. is like there's a window of like 
this amount of time and percentage before you draw down on that kind of surface and you hit like the next layer, which is like slow. Yeah. It's like driving in cement is what we kind of want. Like you want to have a punishment of some kind yeah. for overusing a tire. But we don't. But it know. can't be explosion. That's too much. But we don't know. Maybe they'd lit up the rears so hot and couldn't yeah. get them cooled down. Like that's the stuff the teams won't I tell th- the public. I think we, we should talk about bringing back like two pit stops instead of tires because then that yeah. brings the jeopardy that you think a two stop brings in because at the moment what they're trying to do with tire allocation is entice the two stop or the one stop. Do you know what I mean? They're trying yeah. to make teams decide and put it right on the the border. Whereas if you just go mandatory to pit stop, then that removes explosion of tire because you know that you have to make those decisions based on pace and position rather than like we can eke out a little bit more and just scrape by and get across the line in time, which is what's happening and why we're getting explosions like you're saying. Yeah. Maybe that's the safer option. Like, yes, I agree. I don't like mandatory two pit stops, but it's a safer than – risking explosion of tyre and absolute chaos, which is what we don't want to those drivers. Yep. Yeah. Sergio Perez, though, in first, like this is what we said time and time again this year, uh, and even with Gasly and Albon, is if something happens to Max, like if something happens to Lewis, Valtteri needs to be there. The number two Red Bull seat needs to be there. And Sergio was, for a massively peer- like big period of time, he was on Max's wing, you know, defending against Hamilton for a long time, and Hamilton is a better driver. There is no doubt of that in my mind. But to hold him off in a Red Bull, uh, I was stoked, quite honestly. Really, really stoked for him. Great to have that second. Uh, I think Sergio is such a genuine dude too. Like getting straight yeah. on the radio um, and saying, you know, I'm really sorry for Max and not just saying it because he feels like he needs to say it. Like he genuinely meant that. So that's, genuine. that's a massive tick in my book. Like the guy just seems yep. like an absolute superstar on and off the track now. And hopefully this is just a maybe a breaking the curse of the Red Bull second seat and, you know, he's got his head around it and being able to drive fast now. It'd be great to see him finish in second or third this year if he can. Yeah, he got a big hug from Helmet too, which was interesting. He's been embraced by (laughs) Dr. Helmet, which is not sure I want to be embraced by Dr. Helmet, to be honest, not until he wore his mask (laughs) properly. How hard is it to put it over your Uh, nose? I'm up it. But anyway, I think that's, that's a big thing as well that he's been embraced by the kind of senior leaders at Red Bull because, to be honest, he was coming in as like a reluctant choice. So for him to have this kind of performance early-ish in the season and really show, you know what, I am better than all those other choices you could have made. I should be the choice for next year and going on, I think is really good for him. So, And just the way he operates in that team, it sounds like everyone loves working with him too. So stoked for the guy because he is someone we like watching drive. Yep. You said it all right. Yeah, and also, but when in in the paddock, when he was going up to Red Bull Mechanics, you know, the Aston Martin guys were there absolutely stoked for him too, you know, and that's, yeah. anyway, it just it goes to show that he he's deserved that seat. Uh, it's, it's going well for him and I hope it continues to do that. All right, well, boys, that's the uh, teams by team analysis. Now let's get to the very interesting and my favorite part of a race review podcast is when we go through the Fantasy League and pick out our favorite names. Fantasy. 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 I've got some here. The first, of course, is the ever wonderful Dave Munnis when he is just on point all Dave the time, Munnis. knows how to get campy on side. His team name is the Offendable Californian Muppet. If you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, second here is oh, no yeah. blame team, but it was Bottas's fault. Steen Hen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was, yeah, very that was good, very good. good. Uh, the fourth, best grid on the car, Jonathan C. This is great because there's a couple here. Best grid on the team, Nikita A. And third best league on the team, George N. <laughs> well done to all of you guys. That uh, That's fantastic. Uh, as, as we said yesterday, um, Toto Wolf got on to uh, someone, I think it was Channel 4, and said, you know, that uh, Karen Horner is just a bit of a windbag and Campy put it out there to say, can one of our team uh, names get, that in and it is Wolf and Windbag Joshua A <laughs> sounds like a uh, soap opera that's on after just after Days of Our Lives. <laughs> so good. Uh, we got Karen oh, Horner's God. Tears, Jacob P, <laughs> Campy's All Natural Gripe Juice. <laughs> Little ball scratcher from uh, Canada there. Well done, you. You keep uh, Swerota. 
<laughs> uh, this is just a shout out to Canberra, Canberra Racing. It's nice to have someone Canberra. from the AZT listen. Hello, Jared. Nice to, thanks for jumping on. Campy Sim Racing Team. I'll put in brackets there, races VW Golfs exclusively. Uh, <laughs> Archie D, love that. She's really doubling down this California. You know, you'd hate to be him listening to this podcast. You get ragged from everywhere around the world. Because no, ultimately, ultimately there's so other good. F1 podcasts apparently. So that yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. that. And last but not well, least, did a Tommy T from last year. Harrison peed down the bottom. I can only imagine that means that you've still log in, locked yourself out, mate. It might end up being well, so just leave it. You might end up. Well, the good thing decisions. is, lads. Let's. I mean, the top three. So Seven Gasly getting Rick Strolled, James M in first, which is a great name. Full Gaz <laughs> Raymond M in second, and Olympic RT twenty one John L in third. Campy, you're sitting pretty at twenty second now. I am very concerned because Tommy T has jumped me by one place. Yes. He's in fortieth, and I'm oh, in forty first. Uh, oh, no, I don't like that kind of in person. I'm onto it, mate. I had two drivers eliminated too. What did you do, Rob? Oh, pretty much the same thing, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> I turboed Carlos, and I should have turboed Lando. But anyway, um, and the best team for this week in the grid. This is a great team. Uh, Pickle Rick by Ashley W. Had uh, Carlos Sainz turboed, Gasly Leclerc, Ricardo Perez, Mega Driver. Tell me how you oh, managed to pick that. My goodness, geez, what an absolute mega choice. And McLaren as well. Uh, if you want to be part Huge. of the Fantasy League, you can find all of that information in the description below. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening in the show notes, scroll down. Uh, otherwise, just head to our website and you can find the league there. We're loving this. Boys, so good. Yeah. Right. Before we bail, we need to talk about Oscar Piastri in uh, F2. Yes, let's do it. Superstar. Third weekend, he got qualified third for the feature race, uh, pulled it out, got a second, had the pace for the win, but he had a five-second penalty due to an unreleased. Jeez, that's gone well. An unsafe release? (laughs) Unsafe release in the pit stop phase. It's my team name for next week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Straight into it. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. So he's a superstar and we do love him uh, here at Oz F1. He's going to be a future star of the of the uh, big boy class as well. And Jack, Jack Miller, mate, you've had two wins, a third place out of the, uh, out of the last four races, mate. He's killing it on the MotoGP. So we've got a little MotoGP chat in the Discord too. So get on that because... Jack Miller, mate. Yeah, just keep that crap out of the actual He's F1 doing everything right, mate. We've had, we've had a great weekend in motorsport. We had the AMO uh, Pro across the start. We had the Nürburgring 24 out, mate. It's good. Good uh, weekend You're just motorsport. saying words and I don't know what you're talking <laughs> that about. That is a good oh. version Because you're in the bin, Tommy. <laughs> and you're right, on the Discord ch- uh, server, we do have little sub Discord servers talking about different sports. F2, F3. MotoGP, which is called Jack Miller Campy Chat, Sim as Racing. it should be. I should name it to Oscar Piastri Chat and then Jack Doing Chat as well because that's yep. what he do be doing. Doing. Doing <laughs> do it. As many times as do I can say it. Uh, well, boys, thank you so much. It's been an awesome race. Thank goodness. This is what we love about Formula 1. If you've loved this and you've loved it as well, uh, please feel free to jump onto our YouTube channel, subscribe over there. Uh, you can find all of the links below. Grab some Oz F1 merch. We've got some awesome hoodies. If you're in Australia, it's getting a bit cooler. That's a good thing to do. But, boys, yeah, love your bloody love work. Love your bloody faces. And we'll see you next time around for, unfortunately, the French Grand Prix. <laughs> Have you seen Bestie Eater? Big old he commits. He does. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that video somewhere that James sent us. I saved it. So good. What a guy. <laughs> what a fucking lunatic. What a guy. <laughs> I forgot. That's excellent. Oh, I love it. Great content. Great content. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.